Good evening, my lovely listeners, and welcome to the bungalow. I don't know about you, but to me, January always feels like a gauntlet that needs to be run before the new year can begin in earnest. The hangover of the previous year, its holiday madness, lingers well into the new month while it only grows colder. January is meant to be a new beginning, but it is, in many ways, an epilogue. February is shorter, more manageable. February is a time for valentines and black history, for a magical extra day in the case of a leap year. February, my friends, is where it's at. Although it's possible I just feel this way because I spent most of January sick as a dog with sinus infections and stomach flu. To my fellow parents listening to this podcast, I salute you and your weary immune systems. Mine has already taken a beating and I have emerged from hibernation stiff and grumpy. Hopefully tonight's audio will shake us both out of these winter doldrums. But I warn you, This one is intense. The Chase was originally published in December 2023, and its production was as close to spontaneous as these audio narratives get. Several listeners were discussing the fantasy of being chased, in scenarios of both consensual and non-consensual natures. And that sparked an image in my mind of a woman frantically pulling herself up a steep hill using crooked trees and gnarled roots and some feral man behind her nipping at her heels like a ravenous wolf as someone who tries to keep up with his cardio there is something about this fantasy that The chase is an apt metaphor for flirting and pursuing the object of one's affection, but a literal chase, where the blood is pumping, the sweat is just flowing, and the adrenaline is coursing through your veins like an illicit drug. It's raw and dangerous and carnal on a primeval level. It's an idea I've toyed with before, and in discussing the fantasy with multiple listeners, their excitement spurred me on. I decided this was a story I wanted to tackle right away. From conception to scripting to recording, this had one of the shortest turnarounds of any of my narratives. Editing it was another matter, as it required significantly more spit and elbow grease than previous works. I think that will be pretty apparent, um, even from the opening minutes of this one. In the end, I can say the final product does a decent job of getting at the film I had running through my head. It's never 100% perfect, but as proud of it as I am, I can't say its content is for everyone. If you prefer my more wholesome and tender offerings, tonight's episode may upset you. It is a rough, wild ride. On this podcast, we've discussed the kinks of both breeding and consensual non-consent. Both feature heavily in tonight's audio. If you'd rather not be spoiled on the audio's ending, skip ahead about 15-20 seconds. For those of you still with me, 
We discover at the end of this story that this entire forced breeding encounter is not supernatural in nature, but actually a roleplay between a loving, married couple. They have agreed beforehand to reenact this ancient ritual, and it has been done so at the wife's insistence. But while we're in the midst of the story, it very much plays out as a woman being chased and then ritually raped. Though, as should be clear in the opening minutes, this is a scenario the listener has imagined many times in the past. She admits it is barbaric, but it also happens to excite her. I enjoy playing with contradictions. Yes. No. We shouldn't. We must. If you're into that too, you may be into this. If that's not your cup of tea, take heart. I'm hoping to have an actual ASMR audio ready for the next podcast. Before we begin, some notes on the content. Some elements of this narrative may not be to your taste, so be aware that it contains the following. Very rough sex between two seemingly unconnected partners. Fear play, choking, a lot of choking, spanking, several mentions of rape. The male character chases the female character, the listener, and roughly assaults her. That is, tackles her to the ground and pins her down to have sex with her. No condom is used. There are also quite a few sound effects and intense musical cues that occur throughout the audio. This is especially important to keep in mind if you're driving or, you know, operating heavy machinery. I joke, but please, please, please be safe. There's a lot going on in this one audio-wise, so be aware of that. I don't want to scare anybody while they're supposed to be concentrating on other things. Please consume my audio erotica responsibly. And now, the legal. This audio was written and recorded by Benji2049. Copyright Benji2049, all rights reserved. The characters portrayed in this story are 18 years old or older. This audio was made by an adult, for adults, and is a work of fiction. Now, if you're ready, I'd like to take you on a journey through time, back, back to a misty green valley in a quiet region of the Mediterranean known as Delarune. In Delarune, there is a ritual, was a ritual. After the harvest season, between the last breath of spring and the first gasp of autumn, the valley was host to an ancient fertility rite. In later centuries, the rite was replaced by animal sacrifices and a procession of virgins, a parade of masked young men, for the people of Delarune had become civilized. But scraps of papyri from this era claim some still practiced the old way, the uncivilized way, the chase. The wind catches your hair as you stand up from the dig site. Your thighs release the tension of kneeling for so long in the dirt, and your knees pop. 
You let the wind carry your sigh into the forested hills and smile into the fragrant aroma of pine and oleander. Oh, it feels good to stand. Soil cakes your palms and fingers and you wipe them on your stained khaki shorts. You gaze down at the neon ropes separating the various phases of the excavation. They thrum like guitar strings plucked by the wind. The sky is a bloody festival of cirrus clouds and early stars. Dusk arrives quickly in this hidden valley. The sun will soon disappear over the western hills. Don't stay out after dark, the locals told you. They don't know how strong you are. You are young, but you have been working at this for a long time. It took years of dedication, hours upon hours of study, and not a little physical fitness to earn your place on this archaeological expedition. It's been your life's dream. Since you were a girl, Elarun has called to you, excited you. The sound of my brush sifts through the whisper of pine needles and the singing crickets. You watch the muscles in my forearms twist and tighten as I uncover shards of pottery and calcified wood. I am crouched on the ground, my thick back bunched and straining against my dusty t-shirt. You can't help it. You imagine me 3,000 years ago. No t-shirt, no tattoos, or perhaps some kind of tattoos. A concoction of breast milk and soot staining my sun-darkened skin. In Delarune, there is a ritual. After the last grain is taken in, and the earth turns its face to the golden lance of autumn, the young women of the valley stand amongst the broken sheaves, bodies towards the setting sun. Fertile women, women as tall and strong as this region ever produced. You know that from the skeletons they left behind. But when they lived, when the blood pumped through their vigorous hearts, they looked to the bloody sky and waited for the sun to fall behind the western hills. How many nights have you lain awake, imagining yourself in their place? Papyri and paintings tell you, and you know in your bones, that the women were youthful fertile, full of life. Untouched? Up for debate. It was only later that they became virgins when they no longer participated in the chase. And the men that chased them, these you know even less well. The men wore masks, black masks carved from the pines depicting elk and bear and serpent limbs and torsos painted in forest green to hide their powerful bodies in the encroaching dark. Were they young men? Warriors? Were they older men? 
proven seed-bearers of strong children. At some unknown signal, the women would run into the forest. Beneath winking stars and a harvest moon, your eyes follow the thrumming lines of the excavation through the valley and the rural town beyond, up into the Black Hills. This was no game. Before the colonizing of these people, before the town took shape, the chase was sacred. Women that could not run did not run. They were chosen for their strength, their fleetness. They were told never to let the men win. Some boundary in the forest marked the point of no return, where the men failed and were no longer welcome in the valley. For men, to catch their prey was not enough. They needed to dominate their women, and their women did not submit without a struggle. Women would bite. Women would fight. Women would claw and tear and gouge if necessary, for that is the way of the earth. To subdue it, human hands must force it open and seed its womb. And even then, winter might come early. The bear or serpent or even elk might strike us down. And so the men of Dilaroon chased their fertile women, hearts pumping, muscles firing, desperate to outrun the dark fate of all living things, to take what they desired with their own hands and wrestle it to submission, force their seed into their mates, force destiny to capitulate to one more generation of survivors. Was it barbaric? Yes. Yes. It makes you wet. The locals say the valley remembers. Remembers the chase. Remembers Thu and Sinew. Beating hearts, breathless lungs, the grunts of men on the hunt, and the squeals of women caught, captured, claimed. The Hill of Conception. That is the name of the highest peak in the West where a people were made. The locals say the men of this valley fall to barbarism around the harvest moon, that any woman out after dark must be prepared to run. You're not on birth control. You stopped taking your pill the moment you got this assignment. It has been five weeks here in the valley of your dreams. The moon is high full, and with its waxing, you have felt it call to you. You are ovulating. Your breasts are tender, nipples sore. You are warm. Despite the cool evening breeze, you are burning. You can smell everything. You can smell me working in the dirt. The sweat between my shoulder blades. The sandalwood soap on my skin. And as the sun dips over the broken horizon, a shadow looms over the dig site. You no longer hear the sound of bristles on potsherds. You turn 
to see me crouched, not fifteen yards away, and the glint of moon in my eye. There is a ritual in Delarune, and the valley remembers. The locals told you, don't stay out after dark. You are strong, but your every limb is trembling. My eyes are shining with the same blood-orange glow of the swollen moon above. Your heart is louder than the crickets, louder than the crack of old and towering trees. You call my name. You know me, but you don't know that look. The valley remembers. Remembers hard winters and bountiful springs. Blood and seed, earth and air, and fire. Fire in the veins. Fire in the lungs. A compulsion that comes over men, an atavistic instinct to breed, to claim their mate by force if necessary, as the storm claims the sky, as the root claims the earth. I make a sound deep in my throat and lunch. You run. Your powerful legs propel you past the fluttering lines of the sight, beyond the dirt and into the grass. You know how to move, how to pump your arms and angle your body, but most of your running back home is on blacktops and sidewalks. The ground is uneven and the light is fading fast. You turn back once and see me coming. You call my name again. Is this a game? A practical joke? There is no reply but my quickened pace and yes, you see it now. My blood is pumping everywhere. It cannot be easy to run with half an erection, but if you stay, no doubt, you will be beneath me when my hot blood fills it to its summit. So you make no more effort to reason with me. You felt safe enough out here with me. Your professor and the rest of the crew retired to the town an hour ago. No use digging after dark, she said. She lets you stay because she knows she cannot tear you away from all this, that you would be perfectly content to while away the small hours with a toothpick and a flashlight. So deeply do you love this work, so enamored of Delarune. And as the night approached, you knew, at least, that I would not abandon you. The ground flies under your feet and the hills reel overhead. You saw it in my eyes, the utterly animal intent, and so you run. The tree line is 100 feet away, the outskirts of the town 500. You were faster than me at a sprint, but both destinations are uphill, and I am not falling behind. If anything, I am gaining. You don't know what's happening, why it's happened, but if, if this is not me, if something otherworldly has indeed come over me, will it relent at the point of no return? Will this mad spirit leave my 21st century body if you can just reach the peak of Conception Hill? As you peel off for the tree line, you tell yourself a 21st century man needs no supernatural excuse to rape his colleague. Most assaults are committed by men the victim knows, and yet you've seen no hint, held no nagging reservations about being alone with me. I am the strong, silent type, and for so long it has been nice to simply sift and dig together. You reach the first tree and turn back. I've taken off my shirt. You freeze. You scold yourself internally. You cannot pause. You cannot let the fear in. 
But now, you see it, finally. See it. A man, big and hungry, tearing across the open field, muscles rippling beneath the tattooed skin, practically loping on all four limbs, coming at you as fiercely as a wolf. He wants you. I want you. Your heart is hammering in your chest, and yet your legs still refuse to push you onward. You've never seen a man coming at you like this. Like a beast. Like a monster. Nothing else matters now. Not my reputation. Not my career. Not even my well-being. A man runs differently when he gives no thought to his terrain. I am not careful. I am not picking my way over the uneven ground. I am coming for you. I am lust personified, and my legs are pumping me closer to you with every breath. I am going to catch you. I am going to tackle you to the ground and force myself inside you. I am going to fuck you into the dirt. You are still standing at the tree line, leaning against the first tree, your mouth open and the saliva all but pouring out. Your sex is hot your nipples screaming as they chafe against your bra. You're not on birth control, and I am going to fuck you hard, raw, and relentlessly. I won't pull out. You will kick and claw and fight it, but I will pump my seed deep into your fertile womb. In there is a ritual. You push off from the earth, your boots offering less play for your ankles than the tennis shoes now sitting under your bed in town. But they do protect you from the stones and detritus that litters the ground around you. And you can move. Your legs are sturdy. Your heart won't give out. Your upper body is dwarfed by mine, but from the hips down you know you are superior. That is the way of women, you think, using branches and tree trunks to pull yourself up and up and up the hill. The way of women dating back to the golden age of Delarune, when women, maybe even naked, rushed up this hill on brawny thighs and thick buttocks. Women built to run from a people escaping a millennia of darkness and deprivation. The chase was a primeval tradition, older than the oldest practices of early humans. We were chased by behemoths, chased by Neanderthals, chased by other tribes of our own species, chased by famine and plague and disaster, ice and floods and death itself. And women were the answer. Women bore the promise of survival. Women raised the men and women who would take up the baton when the last generation tired and fell back. The women of Delarune were themselves warriors. They could not be tamed, only taken. You stumble, catching yourself on your hands. With a wild cry, you grip a stone and wing it back my way. I dart behind a tree, you right yourself, and run. As the sun dies and the heat of your body steams against the frosty night, you run. Amongst the shades of darting women leaping in your mind's eye from leaning tree to leaning tree to a point unknown but promised at the peak, you run harder than you ever have, knowing I am right behind you. You can hear me. Even over the thunder of your own heart and the rustle of forest creatures, I am there, ready to pounce, snorting and panting like a bear in heat, a wolf nipping at your heels. You know of no gods of Delarune. 
The Valley's people seem to believe only in the elements and the strength of their own will. So you push yourself harder. Tears squeeze from your eyes as you push yourself beyond your limits, up, up the impossible slope, outpacing the man at your back. You think that until you feel the swipe of my nails at your back. With a wail, you throw yourself to the ground. You scrabble in the brown pine needle, seeing me whip past and double back. I let out a howl and collide with another tree, and you shoot off behind me, throwing yourself upright. It was close. In your ears, your blood plays tricks. You hear a drum, drums, hard as your heart, steady as your sawing thighs, a tribal drum to score the eternal hunt, predator after prey. We live in a modern world where I might have approached you any number of ways. With a line, with a drink, with a text, with a message on an app carried by a signal from high above the planet. But all of that is for civilized peoples. The descendants of Delarune that transmuted the chase into a silly parade, a symbol of what is true. This lust is true. As the grade steepens and your legs turn to stone, you hear me just behind you. There is nothing truer than my pursuit. I am not going to ask for your hand, your time, your smile. I am going to take you. Take you because I want you. Take you because the sight of you inflames what I am. I am going to take you because I can. Is that fair? Is it fair when the doe is taken by the wolf, the tree split by lightning? Nature knows nothing of fair. And is there not a part of you as primal as the beast at your heels that respects this cruel chain of power. No self-respecting woman would claim a man deserves to run you down and rut with you merely because he can. But if, once the race is run, I am the victor, would you expect this beast to forego his spoils? The collar of your shirt shreds between my fingers. You spin out. No, you think, as the breath is blasted from your body and you sprawl amongst the pine needles. There is no man now, only beast, and he cannot be reasoned with. The only thing he wants is what's between your legs. His prize, your prize. But it can only be taken, never given. You feel more than see me descend on you, and you kick with all your might. You look up, up to the darkening peak of Conception Hill, and see the furtive shadows of naked women, your kinswomen, leaping and rushing away. They look back at you, not with pity, but with fire. Now you fight with tooth and nail, as your ancestors have done for untold millennia, for you are strong. So I must be stronger, if I am to have my way. 
Your shriek echoes over the hills and scatters birds roosting in the canopy. A shriek not of fear, but female rage. Your nails rake at my bare flesh, fists beating, shoulders, chest, boots striking out for knees and balls. A hand closes over your throat. Knuckles of stone tear your air away. All at once you stop your thrashing. You croak. Your fingers go to that granite grip, grasping and gasping for air that will not come. Another hand, stronger than you ever imagined, tears at your stained t-shirt. The bra comes with it, peeling away from skin like flimsy wrapping paper. I am all sinew and lust, nothing held back. You hear ragged lungs feel my breath blast you in the face. Your eyes roll back. Your lungs struggle to inflate against the altitude and the rigors of the chase and the man on top of your body. Leaves and dirt and crawling things wriggle against your bare back. Your sore nipples drink in the frosty air. And as the fingers around your throat clamp down, my teeth go to your breast. The moonlight swims. My tongue lashes your bare flesh, teeth teasing, wriggling muscles. Perhaps you black out for a second, two, and then the hand around your throat is gone. Both my hands are at your khaki shorts, ripping away button and zipper. You throw yourself at me. If the ground were flat, it would be a pitiful gesture. But the hill is steep, the weight all wrong. I cry out in pain as my lower back collides with a rock and you straddle my hips. Claws become fists, pounding against my iron chest. Your own fingers close around my throat, a mirror of the previous moment. You stare down into my moon-possessed eyes, a new sensation overcoming you. Could you take my life? Could you squeeze it out of me? You squeeze harder, even now, marveling at the cords in my neck, the muscles under your fingertips fighting to survive. My palms clamp over your tensing buttocks and bring you into me. You feel it now, hard as adamant, the erection that would split you open, seed your defiant womb. Your eyelids flutter, and that seals your fate. The hill whirls, pine needles fly, and once again, your tender back is crushed into the dirt. You scream out, no, but it is the no of an enemy combatant, not a fragile victim. You squirm beneath me, spin around, your breasts dragging in the pine needles as you pull yourself away. The khaki shorts remain in my hands. They snag around your ankles, your boots, Now you are on your hands and knees, scratches and bruises, marking your tender skin, a black bruise already swelling your throat, still crawling for the peak of this little mountain. One swift crack on your ass raises your voice high, high above the earth. No creature in this valley is deaf to that sound. Another crack, another heavy palm on your sensitive buttocks, Your panties are completely torn away. You curse at me as you grind your knee against a pebble. Another spank, another swift smack against your thigh. And while you reel from the exquisite pain, you feel it 
heat and sweat and throbbing life pressed into your tailbone. My cock, thick and ineluctably erect. I grab your hair. You claw at the earth. You reach back, back to stop me. But you are bound, beaten, bested. And my penis drives into your sopping pussy like a sharp tongue through melting butter. You lose all sense of self. You versus the mountain, versus me, versus the dirt and leaves and rocks and the sticky remnants of your underwear. It is all one, a throbbing, crashing commotion. Somewhere inside the heat and slap of your thighs, there is a scream echoed by the screams of your fellow tribeswomen on their backs and on their knees. You see them all, their naked limbs splayed out, wrists pressed into the dirt, legs opened and shaking, the muscular buttocks of forest green warriors riding them like horses. The hills awaken with their moans and groans, and the earth shudders beneath this fevered orgy. Hearts beating wildly and breaths escaping in ragged pants, female fingers gripping hard, masculine shoulders, cocks invading and merciless. The forest redolent with the scent of wet bodies. The valley remembers. Pine needles stick to your eyelashes as you come back to yourself and the savagery of my thrusts. I am in you. I own you. And all fight leaves you as my sweat-drenched balls splatter against your fiery clitoris. You claw the dirt. You roar. My fingers clench around your balled-up hair, pulling your neck back. You go where I twist you, like a mare led by her bridle. You make one feeble attempt to shake me off, but it is answered by a painful swat upon your rump. Eyes rolling, you accept it. You accept it, your defeat. You accept it, my victory. You accept it, your pursuer, on top of you, ravishing you, claiming you. You have become prey, a thing to be used and consumed, a wet hole to be impaled. Your entire body and the fragments of your melting mind are merely a garnish on the web of nerves, blood, and muscle between your legs. This is what every man who has ever kissed you really wanted, what every bad teacher fantasized about when he looked down your shirt, what every boss would raise your pay for, what every good man with sin for your cunt, naked and dominated and battered in this dark forest, taken as women have been taken since the dawn of time, all modernity stripped away here in the dark, on the hill, in the valley of Delarune. Your fingers sink into the earth. Your walls are stretched to their limits. My cock invades your essence. Your tits drip sweat and saliva as they flop over the wet pine needles. 
My lungs are like a bellows, panting for breath after our burning chase and now in the exertion of intercourse. You too are fighting for air, hard to do when your diaphragm is being rocked by my belligerent thrusts. There is no art to this, no tenderness, no suggestion of sensuality. It is raw, animal, fucking. This slippery space between your legs is the only salve for the madness induced by my primal male desire. Which is why my withdrawal is so surprising. Your confused whine blurs into a shriek as the forest blurs around you. You hit the ground hard on your back. A boot is ripped off. Shorts cling feebly to but one ankle now. And here I am above you. Here I am. Wet cock swinging over your flushed and puffy vulva. Here I am, painting your abdomen in the strings of pre-common pussy juice. And here are my hard fingers once more, fastened round your neck. You cannot stop me from penetrating you again, but you can fight it now. On your knees, face in the dirt, Ankles bound like a prisoner, you could do nothing but clamp your vaginal muscles in a vain attempt to squeeze me out. Now you have your hands back. Now you can buck your hips and drag your claws down my bare chest. It does not stop my angry thrusting. It only spurs the pounding of your backside into the ground. I remove my hand from your throat, seize your wrists, and bend them back back till they are stretched and stretched and pinned over your head. One thrust goes so far as to nearly touch your cervix, and you part your lips in a preemptive gasp. Pinned now, you cannot bite. You cannot strike. You can only watch my face, framed by the harvest moon, as I pierce your conquered sex. Your eyes burn into mine, still fighting in spirit. That lantern moon shines over your breasts, bare and crisscrossed by scrapes and my teeth marks, and soil, the nipples, sharp as daggers. Caught you, I growl, my voice feral as a mountain lion's. Not yet, you rasp. My wicked smile tells you the truth of it one second before you feel it. My cum filling your captive pussy. A river of heat pours into your fertile body. The seed plunges deep. Only now, to some measure of ease, soften my hostile features. The urge to rut is draining away, pouring out of me like the gush from a broken dam. Your wrists are squeezed, the pain as nothing to the pleasure of insemination, your body fulfilling its ultimate purpose, your mind stripped of agency, your man's possession undisputed. The word fucked does no justice to what's been done to you. Perhaps it would be more apt to describe you as broken in. With a painful groan, I release your wrists and collapse at your side. My penis slips from the clutch of your throbbing pussy, 
making a lewd sound as air and semen gurgled free. I pull you to me, ignoring the tangle of clothing and needles and debris between us, to hold you close and whisper your name. You're crazy, I whisper. You can't speak. And it's going to take you hours to process what happened tonight. Maybe a lifetime. You put your hand on my chest, where the marks of your nails flash crimson beneath the pregnant moon. I stroke your hair and kiss the top of your head. I lace my left hand through yours where our wedding bands touch. I love you, I say. I love you, I love you, I love you. You nip at my neck. You bury your nose in my wet, searing throat. You ask me if this was a crazy thing to want, to play out the fantasy that has haunted your wet dreams and sleepless nights since lust first bloomed in your fevered mind. I slip my finger under your chin and gaze into your admittedly still feral eyes. No, I whisper. I love you when you get crazy. It's when I know you're happiest. I just hope... You appreciate how much cardio it took to chase your crazy ass and still fuck you at the end without blacking out. You don't even give me that. You just bite softly on my finger and ask me again, was it too crazy? All the planning, all the exercise before the trip, remembering safe words, charting your cycle, and not letting me come for weeks. Was it too crazy? Do I regret Marrying the grad student with a thing for ancient fertility rituals? No, I tell you, this time with a possessive hand on your bruised buttocks. No, I growl, my mouth on yours, our lips and tongues doing what they have always done so naturally. Good, you whisper into my mouth. Because you want to do it again tomorrow.